0: Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Hey, if we haven't met yet, my name is Dan. I'm one of the lead pastors here. So hey, I want to say one thing about um, Thanksgiving Sunday. So this is one of those Sundays that's just like one of those fun Sundays where we can invite people um, to church. I have all around you Well, in some of your seats, we've got these little packs of cards, and they're also back by the door, by the offering uh, basket there, and I just hand these out, like, especially on big Sundays like this, where we're doing something fun, like we did the Vineyard launch, that was fun, Uh, this is the uh, Thanksgiving Sunday, I I just have these out, and I'm like, hey, on the 20th, we're having a fun Sunday, we're just gonna have a Thanksgiving Sunday, this is my church, you can get directions on the back of the card. So strangers, friends, whoever it may be, this is a great, great time to invite people to that, so... Check that out. It'll be super fun. Let's get into today's message. I've got a story for you. Let me tell you a story. It's about, uh, remember how we were all kind of foolish back in our 20s? Like back, you know, back when you were just just past a teenager. This was me. Uh, I'm in the green right there uh, with my friends in Zion National Park. And we decided, me and that group of friends, we decided we were gonna go on a wilderness trip. You know, you see you see all the documentaries and stuff, and we're like, let's do that. So we went out and we bought a bunch of backpacks and a bunch of food, and so we decided we we're gonna do a five-day trip. I think it was around 60 miles or so, and we we're just gonna hike through the desert, everything we needed on our backs. And, you know, we had our, our water in our backs, our our food in our backs. We didn't know anything about what we were doing like everything that we did was just like this is what we think it is so we had like cans of food no one brings cans of food on a wilderness trip they've got they've got delicious food that you just have to add water to i was wearing jeans for part of it i you can see i'm wearing a cotton t-shirt that's not what you wear when you do that stuff anyway we started out the first day, high hopes. It was great. We had a map where we saw all the water sources, which is really important, in the desert. You could see they had these little uh, spring locations. So we we're like, we'll stop at this spring, and we'll stop at this spring, and we'll stop at this spring. We'll be good to go. We got to the first spring. It was great. We filled up our water bottles. There was like water just pouring out of this rock. We we're like, this is amazing. We can just drink this stuff. And then when the second day happened, the spring wasn't there. Like it was just dry. There's no spring there. So we're like, oh no, we didn't plan for this part. Like what do we do? And so eventually, long story short, we just stopped. We found a road on the map. We hiked to that road. We hitchhiked back and we failed. We were like a day and a half into it and we just failed. We didn't make it. This is my failure face. I'll I'll show you that. This is like right at the end of the... Right at the end of the trust, 20-year-old Sad Dan. Poor guy. Don't worry. Don't feel too bad for that guy, because like two hours later, he was eating cheeseburgers at a restaurant, you know, looking over some mountains. So, um, you know, that, uh, in in today's message, we're going to look at uh, the spiritual water that sustains us for this journey of life. It's a theme, this spiritual water, it's a theme that runs all throughout Scripture, from Genesis, the very beginning of Genesis to the very last chapter of Revelation, we're told about this spiritual water that we can have, that sustains us for this life. And as we discover this theme today of spiritual water, we're going to learn how it informs the mission and vision of our church, of Life Vineyard Church, and what that means to us. Because we're in this series right now called Life Vineyard DNA, and we're looking at the things that life vineyard holds close to us the things that inspire us the things that we want to be a church that does this or that um, believes this and so a few of those over the last few weeks we've talked about being people of god's kingdom we've talked about how everybody gets to play like when we are on this spiritual life there's no sitting on the sidelines and watching we're all invited to participate we talked about the role of the holy spirit and come holy spirit Uh, We talked about experiencing and worshiping God in a very personal and corporate way. And then last week, we talked about remembering the poor and being people that um, care about the people that God cares about. And so those are all vineyard qualities that we have adopted as our own. And so today, I want to share something with you that's uniquely life vineyard. I'm sure vineyards across the world, there's over 2,000 across the world, they would all agree with us. Um, but this is something that we've picked up unique to us. Um, these scriptures that I'll share today are things that kind of um, inspire our vision and mission here at Life Vineyard. And it's kind of like, you know, we've all got those verses that we go back to all throughout our lives, right? Like there's a verse that you just love that you can read anytime and get inspiration from. These are kind of our verses that we go back to that keep inspiring us as a church. So, we're going to read from Ezekiel 47 here in a minute. If you want to open there on your Bible apps or your paper Bibles or whatever it may be, you can open there. Um, but before we get into that, Ezekiel, I want to set this vision for what Ezekiel has seen. And his uh, his time is, uh, he lives in a desert region in Israel. So he's in Jerusalem and God's going to give him this vision of him in Jerusalem. And then He's going to work his way to the Dead Sea. So I want to show you pictures of the Dead Sea. So uh, should we just flip through these? Uh, there's four of them. So this, this isn't it beautiful. It's great. But nothing lives there. Like there's no plants, zero plants there. There's no animals, no fish in that, uh, in that sea there. And this is a vision where, um, where God transforms this landscape. So we're going to read about some of this transformation that happens. This is Ezekiel 47. He says this, In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance. Oh, actually, I'm going to show you this video, too. It's just going to play in the background. I love this video. It just kind of shows us um, what's happening as I read this. So, in my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on the south side. I'm going to skip a few verses. Basically, it was huge. The river was huge. Uh, The river was too deep to walk across. It was too deep. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. And he asked me, Have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank, When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea, all the way from Engedi to Enaglaim. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean, but the marshes and the swamps will not be purified. They will stay salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food, and the leaves for healing. This vision Giving to Ezekiel, passed on to us. It's describing a physical transformation to a landscape. Um, But that's not really what is happening. That's not the purpose of the vision. It's a, a spiritual and an emotional restorative plan of God. It's describing hearts being transformed and the physical and spiritual restorative plan of God for the whole earth. This river, it has its source in the temple, which is a really cool thing because the temple was the place where God resided. Like that was the presence of God right there. And this river was flowing out of the temple and it was a representation of God going out from the temple, no longer contained to the temple, but was out and doing the work of his presence. If you wanted to be near God, you would go to the temple. You would get on your donkey, you'd get on your horse, you'd start the journey, you'd you'd walk to the temple, and that is how you got close to God. But with this vision that God gives Ezekiel, it's a sneak peek at his new strategy for how his presence will permeate the world. His presence will leave the temple and expand into the world doing what God's presence does, healing, restoring, bringing life to places where we don't think life can exist, like around the Dead Sea. Our vision statement as a church comes from this idea of God's presence changing the world. Our vision statement is that we would be people who are inviting others into the life-renewing presence of God. That's the kind of church that we want to be. And when we experience God's presence, our lives are changed. And you know what's cool? Is that this life-renewing presence from God isn't something that we just experience once in our lifetime and we're done. It's not a one-and-done thing. But it is a constant presence that we can tap into every single day. We are those trees planted alongside those riverbanks, Producing fruit, continually soaking up God's presence. Every day, we can experience God's renewal in our lives. So I wonder, what would that mean for you personally today? What would it mean for you if God's presence came into the parts of your life that you thought were barren and lifeless? Today, what would that look like? And what would happen if God's presence comes into your life and does what it does, transforms and renews and brings life to the barren places of your life? What would that look like for you today? The Dead Sea, as we've talked about it, is dead. Nothing lives there. Not even little baby fish live there. I did read about it today. There's like microorganisms that live in there, of course. But nothing else. There's no significant life there. And so when we're given this description in verse 10 of these fishermen fishing on the banks of the side of the Dead Sea, that is absurd talk to the original readers of this text. They're like, what? You cannot have fishermen there. That's not a thing. That's like us, it's someone coming to us and saying, guess what, everybody? there is going to be the grandest ski resort the world has ever seen just on the east side of Champaign. It's going to be amazing. No one's going to care about Illinois football anymore because it's going to be an Illinois ski team and they're going to be the best. We know better than that, right? Of course that's not going to happen. We're going to say, no, you got sarong topography. You can't have a ski resort. That's fake news. Get out of here, right? We'd never believe that. Well, that's what these people are hearing. This life on the edges of the Dead Sea. And so when it comes to experiencing God's renewal in our lives, we tend to think this way, don't we? Like, oh no, that can't happen here in this part of my life. There's areas in my life that are too barren to receive God's renewal, God's life. We can't have that. It's the wrong landscape. God, that's fake news. You can't restore that part of me. I think God brought some of you here today to hear this, to hear that there is no part of you, no part of you that is off limits to God's renewal in your life. Absolutely no part of you, whether it's something that you've done and you have have guilt and shame about, there's forgiveness for that, there is redemption for that, there is grace for you. Or something that's been done to you, there is healing for you. There is comfort and compassion from God for you. Or the pain from just living life, living in this world, there is pain. And God can heal those things and restore those things. There isn't an area in your life where God's renewal cannot reach. Here's the good news. The good news is that all things in your life will be renewed. They will be renewed, 100%. The question we have then is, will it happen in this age or the next age when Jesus comes back and makes all things right? We do believe that God's kingdom can break in here and now. Like the perfectness of heaven can break in here and now to restore some things. And we can have that kind of renewal right here right now and if that doesn't happen we believe that that renewal happens in the next life when god comes and makes all things new i wonder if you if you have this area in your life where you want renewal you desire renewal in your life i think you just start with a prayer you say god I want this renewed. I I want healing for this part of my life. Will you come heal? just starts with a prayer and see what God does. Seek that out. Is there something in your life that you just want to say, God, will you bring your river of life to this area? Or you could pray the prayer, God, what area in my life do you want to bring your river of renewal to? So for Ezekiel, this is a future vision it wasn't happening in his lifetime um this was a vision for the nation of israel for the world and for us we get to live in the first age of that vision and so that's where the kingdom of god comes in if you want to learn more about the kingdom of god and um and what the bible says about that go listen to the podcast from a few weeks ago uh where we talked about the kingdom of god shameless plug for the podcast there Um, But you can go listen to that. We believe that the kingdom is here, but also not yet in full, because Jesus hasn't returned. So we're going to go back to Scripture. We're going to fast forward from Ezekiel's time to the New Testament. That's Jesus' time when he was walking the earth, and he's God with us, Emmanuel. And we see that Jesus is the new temple of the presence of God. He is God with us, just like the temple. And that river of life is flowing out of the temple through the life and ministry of Jesus. So we'll get into the scripture in just a second. This is in John 4, if you want to get ahead of me. Um, But the scripture is, uh, as I was reading John, I saw this viral video uh, this week, and it reminded me of kind of what's happening in John. So let's play that video. Joe had to settle for a video message from his girls, but while he watched them on TV, they surprised him in person. Hey, Dad. I hope you have a good birthday. I wish I could be there, too. We love you. We miss you. I can't wait till we see you again soon. Happy birthday! Uh, Joe couldn't hold back those tears. His daughters came in for a birthday hug. Happy ADF. Beautiful. Hey, thanks for watching. Don't miss the Today Show every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Thanks. Are we going to get a weather report now? Um, As I was watching, uh, uh, that, have any of you been a part of something like that where you've been surprised by someone that wasn't supposed to be there that came from out of town or maybe you were the secret keeper or whatever? Anybody been a part of something like that? That's awesome. Oh man, so many of you, we got stories to tell. All right, story time, everybody come. I'm kidding. Um, But that's so funny, like it reminded me of this story because this guy is like, he's having his whole family there, right? For his birthday celebration, it just seemed like something's missing. Like two of his daughters are missing from being there. And his heart just seems kind of empty, incomplete, as great as that day probably was. It's kind of this incomplete part. Until this unexpected encounter with his daughters. And it made me think of this woman that we're going to read about here in John 4. Um, You know, when she woke up, her life was normal. She had no idea that she would encounter the living God that day. When she woke up, she was probably reminded of the brokenness of her life, her incomplete heart. She was probably reminded of the Dead Sea things in her life that just, that's just the way they are. There's no healing for that. There's no wholeness for that. There's no redemption for these broken things. And as we read here, she'll experience God's presence. She'll experience his compassion, his grace, and the beginnings of renewing her life. So this is John 4. I'll start in verse 7. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, you are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How are you asking me for a drink? So Samaritans, Jews, they don't get along. Very long story short, they don't like each other. In fact, it's even dangerous for Jesus to be traveling through this area. Normally, on a journey like that, he would avoid Samaria and go around it. Um, And just avoid these people altogether because dangerous if you're a Jew in Samaritan land. And they both hated each other. So the woman's surprised. So not only does Jesus ask her for a drink, which is a surprise, he also engages her in conversation, which is probably a bigger surprise. So John 4.10, Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God had for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water and she says but sir you don't have a rope or a bucket and this well is very deep where would you get this living water and besides do you think you're greater than our ancestor jacob who gave us this well how can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed that uh real quick that living water phrase could also be translated kind of a play on words could also be translated as fresh water or running water. So that's why there's kind of this confusion there. She starts talking about like better water than I have, better water than from a well. And so there's kind of a play on words here, kind of having a playful conversation. And Jesus replied, anyone who gives this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It will become a fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life please sir the woman said give me this water then i'll never be thirsty again and i won't have to come here to get water you know jesus is frequently misunderstood by the people he interacts with because he's talking about heavenly things to earthly people like our our minds are here on earth and he's talking about eternal things and so it causes some mix-up in his conversations, and he's well aware of this. This is normal to experience this. And so when Jesus tells her that she should have asked him for living water, she doesn't really understand it. He doesn't get, she doesn't get what he's getting at. Um, and then Jesus goes on to explain what this living water is. And who is available to. And she replies, give me some. Right? Wouldn't you want some of that? And so then Jesus' response is, go get your husband, Jesus told her. She said, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with. Now, you certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist on... Insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim that it's here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped. You see what she's doing there? Changing the subject? Like, she doesn't want to talk about the brokenness of her life. Who does? I I kind of see this as she's throwing up a dam to this life-giving water. Like, let me build a dam real quick. Let me divert this water so it can't get to where Jesus wants. We do this, don't we? We build dams. God, don't touch that area of my life. It's too messy to get renewal. And Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. So when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. So that's like, you know, that's that line of like, well, I guess we can't know now. We'll just know in the future. Good conversation. But Jesus then told her something that he hasn't told anyone publicly. He hasn't told this to anyone publicly yet. And he's about to tell the Samaritan woman who they should have nothing between them really, this secret that he's been holding on to. And Jesus tells her, I am the Messiah. And then the disciples come on up, and they're like, Hey, Jesus, you want some food? And we kind of like, it stops there, you know? <laughs> We're like, oh, what's, what's happening here? They get interrupted. So I kind of see this woman standing there frozen, thinking about this as maybe he's talking to the disciples. She's standing there. This Jewish man talked to her, didn't care about the stigma of talking to a Samaritan or drinking with a Samaritan, she starts replaying the conversation in her head. She knew the pain. He knew the pain that I carry around. He knew the shame that rests heavy in my soul. And even after knowing that, he wasn't put off by me. He was endearing to me even. He told me it doesn't matter who I am, where I come from, where I live. I can worship the living God. I can experience his presence. Free, spiritual freedom. Freedom can be mine and so she unfreezes herself and she books it into town and she goes and tells all of her friends the whole town come and see this man who told me everything i ever did can could he possibly be the messiah and for the first time this woman was experiencing the wholeness that god's presence bring what she saw as broken And dead in her life, deader than the Dead Sea things, Jesus began renewing and redeeming through his spiritual water. And the same renewal is available for us today. And I realize that a lot of times when we talk about this, this renewal, it's like this one-time event in our lives. Uh, We meet Jesus and that's it. Like we get his life-giving water and we're good to go. But the way that Jesus describes this water and the way that it's described all throughout scripture is never this one and done thing, but this spring or this river of life that continually sustains us. It's water that we can draw from every single day, water that's sustaining for us. I didn't tell you the most embarrassing part of my wilderness trip, and that you don't have to drink from a spring to have good water. There was actually this creek that we followed the entire second day and we didn't know that we could drink from it. It was perfectly good water. All you had to do was drop a purification tablet in it and we had plenty of those and we were good to go. It was fresh, good water and we had no idea. No one told us that it wasn't just springs that you could drink from but it was this creek as well. We could have been sustained for the rest of our journey on this creek and we missed out because we didn't drink from it no one told us hey drink from that water and we would have been good we would have continued on our journey and made it the whole way if someone would have said hey drink that water we would have said absolutely okay we didn't know that that was good so that's what this woman does she says that's good water give it to me I want the wholeness that you're offering to me, Jesus. If you continue reading John, you'll see uh, person after person saying yes to Jesus, meeting Jesus, receiving his renewal, receiving what he offers. And then we read in Acts about how the disciples, some of whom had never met Jesus, just like you and me, they received this Same kind of thing through the Holy Spirit. They received the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. And they tapped into this river of life. His renewal is available to all of us at every stage of our journey. So our vision for our church is that we would be people that are inviting others into the life-renewing presence of God. And whether that means Uh, people who have never been to our church, or each other as we meet together, we can always be inviting each other into the life-renewing presence of God. Our mission is this, or this is kind of like how we do this day to day. We are bringing kingdom life to central Illinois by embracing God's kingdom, following Jesus, and living Spirit-empowered lives. There are a bunch of verses all throughout Scripture that contribute to this mission and this vision. But I think one that kind of sums all of this up in one verse is Jesus is talking to his friends. Oh, I'm sorry, he's not talking to his friends. He's talking to a huge crowd when he says this. This is John seven 37. I'm going to read this, and then I just want, I want us to enter into a time of prayer where I'm just going to have a little bit of silence where we can kind of consider this verse. This is John 7, 37. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Do you hear, do you hear that Ezekiel image? Do you hear the, the water flowing out of the temple, and now we get to be that? Because of Jesus' spirit in us, we now get to go give living water. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. That's the same spirit that we can receive today. Let's pray. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus, we are thirsty. We want to come to you and drink. We come to you in worship now. But as this week, as things get tough in our lives, or as they're tough now, God, we're thirsty. We're thirsty for you. So, Jesus, show us. Show us how we can have more of you. We are thankful for your work, for your spirit in our lives where we get to experience you and your presence wherever we are, that river of life can begin to renew and touch us. So God, I pray for us here, that you would renew and refresh everyone who asks. Jesus, we love you. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org. lifevineyard.org.